0: Here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine. You know, it's no secret that parenting has changed tremendously in recent years. The number of people becoming parents has dropped. The average age of first-time parents has increased. People are having fewer children and their kids are living most of their social lives online, not to mention how the pandemic has affected families globally. Um, Today's special guest, Dr. Frieda Birnbaum, PhD, is a research psychologist and psychotherapist in Saddle River, River, New Jersey, and the award-winning author of Life Begins at 60, A New View of Motherhood, Marriage, and Reinventing Ourselves. And what price power? Uh, And the other book is What Price Power, an in-depth study of the professional women in a relationship. Um, Notably, Dr. Frida is the oldest woman in America to give birth to twins. The mother of five, her youngest sons were born when she was 60, lending her a unique perspective on issues related to parenting and the empowerment of women at any age. Wow. Good morning, Dr. Frida. Welcome. Welcome.
1: Well, thank you so much. Good morning
0: to you. Thank you. So you had a baby at, or twins, at the age of 60. Um, And I know that you had a son in your late 50s, right? Uh, In my early 50s. In your early, okay, Mm -hmm. in your early 50s. So what is it like being a mother in her 60s with, young children
1: well there are lots of different points of view uh, what, is, what is it like socially uh, with other mothers I found uh, that there was no divide uh, women are having children later so middle-aged women are more uh, the uh, uh, you know uh, norm than uh, women in their 20s so when I took my children to kindergarten um, there were women in their 40s, uh, maybe even early 50s. So it's getting closer to that. Uh, now, the question you asked me was, what was my experience with the children themselves? Um, well, just being well, a mother of yeah, young
0: children. Yeah, being a mother of young children
1: in your 60s. So
0: what was it like for me? Okay,
1: uh, it was actually easier because I had gone through this whole process. I know what it involved. And I was a different person uh, at the time when I was 60. I already had my career. Um, I was really in a position to have children. I had the time for the children. So I enjoyed them more. When I was younger, I was rushed and anxious uh, because of the economy, our financial status, uh, working, worrying about the kids, being there for the kids. So youth was not really... Uh, I hate to say this, an advantage for me. I have the time now to enjoy, but I missed out on, actually. I have wonderful children. I mean, my oldest, they're happy, successful, supportive, kind people, because kindness is very important to me. But I didn't have the opportunity to have the same kind of downtime I have now with my my twins.
0: And that is wonderful. Um, I think that's really important. It's an important part of parenting. And um, when I had my second child, I stayed home and spent lots and lots of time with him. And it was an an amazing experience. I just wanted, you know, because after I had my first child, um, it was about six and a half years before I had my second. And um, I, I knew how fast those six and a half years went. And I just wanted to enjoy every moment. And it was wonderful. It really was. It's so very, I can it's very understand controversial.
1: that. Yes,
0: uh-huh. I hear you. And it,
1: and I'm sorry to interrupt, but, you know, you brought out this feeling in me that it's very controversial because I went through both. Oh, you're just going to be a mother at home? Oh, you're going to leave your children alone with some a stranger? Either way, I was torn because society was telling me that uh, giving me different messages. It's interesting because in this time in our lives, uh, women are facing, oh, um, you don't have a career. Uh, what are you doing with yourself? Uh, when I had my older children, children, it was, oh, um, so you're going to work? I could never work and have children at the same time. So I got <laughs> these different messages. Believe me, it's not easy having kids and being a woman. And I was torn both times because I was not in the right place either way. I was either working when you weren't supposed to or I was at home when you were supposed to be working who knows <laughs> and i think the i'm telling you the answer to that is you have to listen to yourself you have to know what fits and what feels right i was walking around my block the other day and this woman who's a neurosurgeon was talking to me she said, i don't know i don't know what to do I have little kids. I like to say goodbye and put them on the bus in the morning, but then I have my career, and I don't want to lose out on my career. Well, the answer really is: What is creating more anxiety? Is it going to work uh, and stay, or are you in staying home, or is it staying home and not going to work? You have to be in touch with your children's needs, making sure that they're okay with it because they should have a say
0: as well. So it's not only up to the mother. And that's true. And so my son that I stayed at home with, um, when he got to be a teenager, I took a part-time job and I found that it didn't work for him. You know, it, with me not being there as much as he was used to having me there. Um, he was not as grounded as he needed to be. And, um, uh, you know i guess he was he got used to having me around all the time having me at his beck and call but it's still it he was the kind of kid that needed a lot of support and so you know i noticed that my daughter who's older um she would have done well wherever you know so every kid is different every child is different um absolutely, what, absolutely. yeah um what is the is there more of a risk factor having a child um, above 55? Uh, I think that it
1: depends on the individual person. Uh, if they are healthy, I have no, I have nothing that was a risk factor. So it does depend. And I remember going into the hospital, there were women younger than me. Of course, everybody was younger. Nobody old. So that's pretty bad in itself. But younger than me. And uh, they were having complications. Uh, so it really depends on each person individually. Can she carry a child full term? Uh, is she able to care for that child uh, when that child needs to be taken care of? Does she have that kind of energy? Is she know what's involved or not? And, of course, age is a factor as well. Is there longevity in your family? Will you be able to bring your children up into adulthood? So I have uh, two points of views. I mean, I had such a media rush. Uh, my founders, uh, they had to hire an a, a operator in the hospital just for me and uh, <laughs> I had my email telling you something happened to these women because we are in a place of you know, divide here about kids. It's hard. You know, your life is changed for sure what to do. So what's interesting, I had you know, a, a million of uh, Followers always sudden, listening and texting, and, and then a lot of it make up positive passion. The ones that were 30 and younger uh, were disturbed by it because they saw older women as they were in a certain slot that were supposed to be there. The older women, in their mid-40s up to my age, uh, felt that it gave them a feeling, not necessarily to have a child, uh, but to make decisions in their lives, which is either careers or relationship or moving, uh, or even the second, you know, uh, marriage or having a child in their fifties. But so that uh, provoked a lot of different feelings, uh,
0: depending on who I was talking to. Hmm. And are you in the Guinness Book of World Records? Have have well, actually.
1: <laughs> Will, you know what? I've
0: been, I have not put my name down. They
1: asked me, and I never bothered. And I really should. You're right. But it's been 15 years. <laughs> 15 years <laughs> ago, this happened. Would you believe it? Yes. Yeah. And I don't feel or look a day older. I really don't. Anybody else must think that. You know, my sister says, the less you can see, the less older you feel, because you can't <laughs> see your uh, age spots, uh, and lines, whatever. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at your cover. You're beautiful. So, so your your twins are 15. Really, but thank you. Oh. Yes.
1: They're six 60
0: feet tall now.
1: They're A students. And they're um, happy and sociable and um, wonderful uh, human beings. I'm really very blessed. And, uh, and I'll tell you the truth. It's easier taking care of them now than what taking care of my older children when I was younger.
0: That's really interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Amazing. So let's talk about um, parenting across the eras, um, the last 30 years. And um, why do you think, do you think that parents are waiting longer to have kids because they want to be established more in their careers? They want to feel um, more settled. What is your opinion on that? Well, you know, it's changed. You know, the baby boomers had uh, daughters
1: uh, who uh, were more involved with uh, education, having careers first, and then going ahead and having children. So those people had children later on. And it's something that with the in vitro, um, it's also helpful to have that. So, you know, one, usually two children, maybe three children uh, is usually the norm because people are working and they feel the constraint of having a bigger family. So, that's really where it came from. As women uh, or, oriented themselves to having more careers, um, they got married later and had children later, and uh, men as well, both sides.
0: Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess when you're older you're you just calmer, you're more balanced um you know, I know my daughter um you know she waited till she was in her mid to begin to even entertain it she was she loved her career, and she just wasn't ready, and then all of a sudden she was i think it just you just have to know um in your heart and soul what what you want for yourself.
1: That's true. Well, first you have to meet someone and as you get older it's also harder to find the right person because you've worked on yourself already and your standards are higher. So you have to start from that area. Uh, that is if you just, if you want a, uh, a marriage because today a partner doesn't necessarily mean a husband, spouse, wife or whatever today. So that right. has changed too. So how we look at it. But here's the interesting part. What's really interesting is it's changed. Parenting has absolutely changed because we have the Internet. We have a word called play date, which is to me insane because it sounds as if that's something else. It's an organized task rather than just going out and playing if you have a neighbor or somebody who has children your age. So we have to synchronize and carpool and... And these kids are often tired after they go to school. So what's that all about? I mean, I'm tired at the end of the day. Don't they have time to have to themselves? In Europe, they don't have play days. The kids come home and they hang out. They come home at three. The parents come home at three. And they hang, do things together, hike, sports, whatever. And then the other thing that's changed, I mean, so much has changed. Bullying has changed. We didn't have this prominence about bullying that we do today uh helicopter parenting uh it's it's just immensely changed i remember my kids going to school putting some things on their posters i could hardly detect what it was but they did it and then i came to class and with parents it was you know distributing their posters and i felt so uncomfortable everybody's posters looked like it was professionally done so the competition has to do more with the parents than it does with the kids and so that's a little offsetting because eventually the parents won't be there uh, and the kids won't do well so those things in you know, education uh, it's what school you're going to parents are bribing schools uh, to get in my neighbor had to um, have somebody else take a test to get into college if you, i didn't know you could even get away with that but to today you have pictures with that that follows uh, so they can see who you are, our driver's license, but the, the
0: daughter failed anyway. She couldn't keep up with it. So those things have changed. Hmm. So I know for me, um, I knew that having two children would be perfect for me, that I could give each child everything that I wanted to give them. And I felt like I, if I had one more that something was going to have to give. So I guess, you know, it's it's important that um you rather than just going and having children, really know what it is that you want for those kids. How do you feel about that? I think you're right. You know, my mother had four
1: children. And something has to do with the background that you're brought up in the certain comfort level. So I always wanted that bigger family my sister has four children my other sister five children so that played a big part i I, for me three was great and then i i saw that um at the age of 50 uh, that i still felt young and vital and i was going in a different direction in my life i felt i could give more now than ever before so the uh, the fact that I made this decision into having more kids had a lot to do with my background. Um, and also, I feel having more is easier because they interact with one another and they help out with one another. So there, to me, personally, uh, there was more energy uh, with uh, having that type of environment. So it's really a very personal thing. I uh, think on... What it is that you feel your lifestyle needs wants to be like? There's some people want to have a life that's very family and to stay home with the family. That's great too, but you have to be true to yourself.
0: Right. I mean, there is no perfect way to do this. It's only, um, but I think it's important that we think about these things rather than just bringing children into the world and then going, oh, okay, well. I'm going to have to, you know, compromise on this and compromise on that. I think it's, it's the same thing with having pets, though. It's really the same thing. Um, tell me how social media has changed um, in the, genera- the generations um, of your children. Because I know it well, didn't exist yeah. when, I first, when I had my first child. Absolutely. It didn't exist. But the choices were to go out
1: and to have activities. So they would go play tennis, Uh, they would go uh, get together with their friends, Uh, they would do things after school, uh, that was part of the school, so they were more physically involved. But you know, here's something that's interesting, Uh, social media today, although parents look at it as negative, is not necessarily negative, because these kids, uh, who seem like they're stuck in their rooms, especially boys. I hear this uh, problem all the time. Uh, they're really connecting uh, around the world. Uh, they're learning about science and politics and uh, technical situations. So it's not necessarily what parents think that it is. And they really are much more sophisticated and aware uh, than, um, you know, prior generations. But, you know, we're also talking about the negativity of internet, uh, and that is of the internet, and that is the bullying uh, that's going on. Um, that is the violence, uh, the gaming that's not necessarily good for them either. Um, and they don't stay into, in, uh, don't get involved with their environment. It's very important to be out there uh, in the fresh air and to be physically active because these kids are also not in shape and they need to get out there and be more
0: physical. Right. And then, and then it becomes extracurricular um, activities to do those things. So then they're tired because they're in all these different leagues and sports and everything so that they can be, you know, can have this physical activity. You know, it's, That's it's, true. Inter- true. yeah, it's interesting. I um, in my neighborhood. There are, probably 50 kids that are going to middle school. We have like three different communities wow. within, within one community. And <laughs> there's three bus stops and I used to walk around and it was amazing. Every child was looking down at their phone. And I remember waiting for the bus was such a fun time to like talk to my friends and catch up on things. And they're all in their own little worlds. And I can't believe that that would be healthy. It's very unhealthy. You know, they don't have to face the
1: pressure of learning. It's developmental. You learn how to react. Uh, in the beginning, you're awkward. So they're not face, facing the awkward pressure. Not only that, when you're looking at someone face-to-face uh, rather than social media, you do learn how to react to their expressions Um, how to connect to another person, uh, how to react to another person. So all these cues are missing, and they are more socially awkward because of that. So, you know, there was a time when you weren't allowed to bring these things into school. Uh, You weren't allowed to bring your cell phones to school. Now you're allowed to bring your cell phones. Rules have changed. Uh, They take them, they use them in the cafeteria, whenever they have downtime. And yes, you're right, it, it, it prevents them from learning these social cues and also having to face their discomfort because it is too uncomfortable to learn to be sociable.
0: Yes, it is. So where, what are we going to see in this generation of kids who are socially awkward? Where do you think that's, uh, where do you think we're headed with that?
1: Well, you know, developmentally, it's going to be more delayed. It's going to take longer. It's going to take longer. My, I have a, my 22-year-old that was when I was 53. Uh, he's a computer whiz, and I'm thrilled. Uh, and they just offered him a fantastic career in Chicago, but he doesn't want to go to Chicago. But because I'm in New Jersey, he so has been so into that part of himself uh, right brain, left brain. Now he says he's ready to start dating. So it's a different, uh, different type of developmental process where these kids, um uh, were not, I mean, he he missed a year of college. I, I, like a lot of these children, uh, missed a year of school. Uh, he, he, he transferred. He doesn't even know what it's like to be in his college because he never went there. Uh, this year he's going to try it. So so developmentally, socially, uh, he didn't have that kind of connection. And so he's ready. So it's the opposite. We're, we're into computers and computer technology. And now these kids, as we're getting out of the pandemic, they're becoming social. And it's been delayed. But they are going to get there. They're going to get it all in just just at the reverse time, that's all.
0: Hmm. That's interesting. It, you know what I noticed um, in the kids, probably in the last 20 or 25 years, um, there's a lack of interest or a loss of interest in learning how to drive. I know when I was ready to turn 16, or, or actually before I turned 16, I couldn't wait. To have that freedom to get my license and learn to drive kids don't seem to be that interested in that have you noticed that yes you know uh, my oldest uh, when i used to drive with him
1: he used to look at all these cars i want this car i want that car um and yes the younger generation i my 22 year old has a car and has a really nice car a tesla pretty good for his age that he didn't pay for it. but I'm driving him all over the place. He's <laughs> home now, you know. During the yeah, <laughs> and I said to him, "Aren't you going to drive?" He said, "No, I enjoy being the passenger." <laughs> so
0: okay, Well, I mean, <laughs> to, yeah, whatever. I mean, what if that is it? Is it laziness? Um, what What is it that is mo- not motivating these kids to want to be independent? That's a good question, and, and you know, when, when you have everything at
1: your fingertips, everything that you want, and you're used to not having to put yourself out, well, driving could end up being an inconvenience. You have to fight the traffic, uh, you have to, well, he doesn't have to get gas, but you have to have a place to park, um, and it's something that they don't feel they need to put up with, so we're talking about the word entitlement. And that has mm. changed. And that's a great question. And the internet has supported that, has really, you could say or do whatever you want without any consequences. Uh, and you can move forward and uh, be in your own little uh, place of contentment here. But uh, it's not a good thing because in, in the long run, hopefully we don't live in virtual reality. We have to come terms with one day he's going to have to drive he's going to have to get around somehow so that's true you they don't really uh care so much about any of this stuff and parenting has changed too by the way uh, the way we parent as far as it used to be authoritative which means uh that uh no authoritarian which means that the parents have the final say uh they're the ones that uh you have to listen to um and then and now it's uh another choice is permissive that the kids can do what they want or the third is um authoritative where the parents in a supportive way tell the kids which way to go. Uh which do you think is the best kind of parenting?
0: Oh, I mean children need guidance. They need to know which way to go they don't want to be they don't want to have no structure they thrive in structure um that's my opinion Absolutely. and they do need and they need guidelines they do need discipline it doesn't have to be um you know painful discipline it can be discipline with love but mm-hmm. i think children thrive in in a structured environment that's right so it's authoritative
1: parenting is the best kind because you give them support and you give them structure at the same. And those make for the happiest kids, by the way, which you can Mm -hmm. imagine because they need that. So there's a lot uh, that we're learning today about how to be supportive for our children, uh, even though women are not necessarily full-time mothers. Uh, We're still striving uh, to be the best parents uh, we can be. And an interesting part of my research also is who do you think make, see, now I'm interviewing you. Who do you think makes the best <laughs> parent, the fa- father, who do you think has, I know you can answer this one. Who do you think has the biggest impact on the kids, the father or the mother? I think it depends on the sex of the child.
0: I really that's, do. That's,
1: that's true too. So there's two answers to this. One, which was surprising. It was a father, I mean, a mother gets bashed in therapy. She's the, she's the one that did everything wrong. Right. But in reality, right, in reality, it's the father who has the most significant uh, impact on uh, the, uh, the family and the children. And, and today, the fathers, the mothers are going into more careers um, and more universities. And the fathers are more nurturing. So that's changed a lot, too. Uh, so that's both significant. What answer did you just give me? Because that's was good what you just said. What did you just say? <laughs> I was that's
0: saying was from the sex of the child because, and I know. Yeah. So my husband and I are very different, um, and we offer very different things to our children. Come together, it's a mm-hmm. whole, it's a whole picture, you know. But um, you know, he's always offered um, the logic and the structure and the. The business sense and the organization and, um, you know, making sure that they're safe and taken care of. For me, it was always the nurturing and the um, listening to them, the guidance, you know, emotional, psychological guidance, and um, just really being there, you know, no matter what. So my kids have they really have both and they've thrived in that. And there's certain times they reach out to their dad and there's certain times they reach out to me, you know? So, um, that's, that's very important what you're saying because to have that
1: balance back and forth, a lot of kids don't have that. And that's a uh, very essential. Something interesting also, I'm sorry to interrupt because I just thought of this and it's, it's important that children, um, uh, Thrive, when you're talking about thriving, the children, uh, boys are affected by the way their mothers nurture them and girls are affected by the way their fathers support them. So Hmm. each one needs the opposite sex parents to support them uh, with positive reinforcement so then they can go out there in the world And they can find the right partner for themselves, and hopefully the parents know what they're doing, and they find similar partners. So you just reminded me of that. I'm sorry I interrupted you.
0: No, that's okay. That's okay. I kind of was done. Yeah. Um, You know, I remember saying to my kids, you know, in their 20s, I'm like, okay, so... Tell me everything I've done wrong now. Let's get it all out. Let's oh. work through it. I don't want you coming back at me when you're 30 and 40 and saying, but you did this That's and funny. you did that. You know, because I grew up in a in a very dysfunctional home where none of this was talked about. And, um, and I had a lot to overcome as a result of it. So, you know, I wanted my children to, to be healthy. And it was really interesting, you know, some of the things that they said that I would never have thought of. Little things that they remembered, yeah. like for like for what instance, my daughter. Yeah, my daughter was really sweet, and she was just such a compliant child. Um, she didn't have to be; she just was. That was her nature. And I would send her to summer camp every summer. And she would go and i how was your day honey and oh she'd tell me all about her day and never ever once complained well she told me in her 20s i hated going to camp mom why did you send me to camp every summer oh and i, oh, and no. I said well you didn't tell me that you didn't want to go you know so um so that was something That's that crazy.
1: came out
0: yeah it's it's
1: That's funny wild. you know what's interesting that the kids you know in the suburbs especially They all go to camp. There's nobody around. So you take all your money that you need and you spend on your kids thinking, oh, I'm doing the right thing for them uh, because we don't know what else to do with them. And really, camps are not necessarily the best thing. Sometimes they just want to be home and do nothing and be with us and spend time uh, with us. And we don't see that. We always think they have to keep busy. We have to do something. Oh, the neighbor's doing that. We better go do that. And it's a rush. So your daughter uh, was able to see that camp is not so great. And maybe with her children, um, she won't have to spend all that money.
0: (laughs) That's true. That's true. And the other thing that I think is really important when raising kids is that they feel empowered in their life, that they, you know, when you talk about helicopter parents and, um, you know, telling their kids to do what to do and watching everything that they do, I really think it's important for kids to know that they have choices and that they can, um, you know, choose uh, the direction. I mean, it doesn't mean that you can't give them choices that are, you know, all okay with you and have them choose one. But I think it's important that they feel empowered to make choices in their lives. What is your opinion on that? What you're saying is extremely important.
1: I mean, here I am at this time in my life. I'm in the media. I always wanted to be in the media. But my mother and father felt media was a horrible thing to be in. So I never did that. I got my Ph.D. I did everything. I worked around it. And so you have to be, nobody knows what it is that you're feeling and what it is that gives you joy. And we spend so much of our time working. We may as well enjoy it. The millennials know that time is more of an asset than money. They understand that part of it. You know, rather than getting on the plane, they'd rather have more time in their backyard, but also the profession that you pick. If you like to sing, and even if you get minimal pay, you're still in a joyous situation over doing something that may be impressive to someone else. So parents have to step back because it's not their lives. Each child is different. Children's personalities are not necessarily your personalities. What you did well in is not necessarily what they will do well in. You have to back up, back off, and let them discover. Otherwise, they will always have regrets that they could have or should have, and that's the worst place to be in life. Let them fail. Let them keep trying. Let them keep discovering. And that this way, they'll have an incentive uh, to do something that will involve some passion. Otherwise, they'll just go through the motions And you may feel that you did something that made a difference, but in reality, you didn't do
0: something that was really the right thing for them. Yes, yes. So you mentioned millennials. Let's talk about about that, because um, my husband and I had um, a business or businesses where we hired many of them, and um, the work ethic was not there. It just it was very hard mm-hmm. to get these kids to be uh, invested in the jobs. You know, like they my kids, care. you know, they if, if they, right. If they worked for somebody, it was like they're in business. They, they gave it their best. What, what is causing this attitude? Well, today, you know, with the baby boomers that we
1: always wanted more cars, more TV sets, more money, more whatever. Uh, today that is not a status symbol anymore. What's more important to the millennials is the relationships at work, if they like the people. I mean, I said my, my son was offered a phenomenally paying job yesterday. When they asked him if he was happy with it, they say you're supposed to negotiate 15 to 20%. Instead of doing that, he says, are you kidding? This is more than I ever expected. Duh. But anyway, the reality is he's not going to go, he's not going to take this job. Why? Because it's in Chicago, as I said, we're in New Jersey. He doesn't want to bother. He doesn't want to go over there. So the millennials are more oriented toward a comfort level. Uh, The company itself, do they like the boss? Uh, Do they feel they're part of it? Uh, Is there something, do they enjoy what they are doing? Uh, Are the people supportive? Uh, Is the time the way they want it to be? They don't care about that stupid gold watch that they gave their lives to. Uh, They want to live their life now, and they'd rather downsize and have uh, less possessions and travel and enjoy the family. So their orientation is completely different. I think it's a much healthier one. Really? You do? I do because um, it's not about how much money can you make. You know, they say, uh, believe it or not, you only need like $75,000 to be happy. Anything more, you get a better car. A car is a car, a house is a house. In our area, 75 would not get you anywhere. I, just, I don't know where they picked that number from. But yes, I do believe that after a certain amount, money can only do so much. I think it's the relationship. I think it's your lifestyle. I think it's uh, the fact that you are living a calm life a peaceful life, that's more important uh, than reaching the heights of success unless, unless you can enjoy that in the same way. If you really uh, feel there's a connection that this is something that represents who you are, if you thrive on the accomplishments, then that's good too. As long as you're not stressed out and giving up your personal lifestyle for your career. See, I should remember that for my son. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, That's I'm surprised that he, t- that? Surprised I know that he turned down everything on
0: the phone. What? <laughs> I'm surprised that he turned down that kind of money because <clears throat> what I've noticed is— Do you know um, how much it was? No. Should I tell you? Sure.
1: A three hundred thousand. Oh my gosh! And it's not. And and he's not finished with college yet. He has a year to go.
0: Are you kidding me?
1: I am not kidding you. I am not. I'm telling you, these kids are different. They're different than us. You know, we saw money. We would follow it. No, <laughs> he's not going to follow it. He, no, he's not going to do that. And right.
0: I said, are
1: you, this is what I said to him. Are you kidding me? He said, I don't want to <laughs> be far away from home. I'd rather be around here. So we'll see what he can get, but yeah. But you see that that's what happened with the uh with the uh, pandemic. The kids were not developmentally involved socially; they were on the computers. So he became a computer whiz, and wow. uh, he was hired and did yeah because of this pandemic. He was so um, involved in knowing what he uh, became an expertise in this area. So did the good things, but socially not. But, yeah, $300,000 for (laughs) a kid who – and they said, what do you think of that? And he says, are you kidding? That's a lot of money. And I'm saying, why did you say that (laughs)
0: to him? Right. Maybe they give him $300,000. Right. I know. Um, And that – you know. and another thing – well, he probably thinks if I can get this so easily – if three hundred thousand is coming to me so easily, then maybe I can stay here and get that kind of money. But you know, when you're working well, in a big city, know. you need more money. Yeah,
1: you need more money. And if he were in Chicago, where they, he would be traveling all the time to come here, uh, you know, and the expense of it in a big city, as you say, and eating out all the time, which you'll do here anyway. But uh, you're right. You do the more you make, uh, the more you spend. Um, who knows what. I don't even know right. what it is, but it, it's uh, it's not really that essential. But, yes, but that's how the millennials feel. They don't feel
0: money is that important. Really, it's changed. And another thing that I've noticed is that they think that they're going to go out there and get the top job without working their way up. In other words, they don't want to start at, you know, an entry level they just they want to start right at the top and they're not they don't have that patience to sort of work their way up the ladder you know to get to where um you know they're successful um that's and true. and i it's true yeah mm-hmm. well they're working uh that's
1: true they want to be there already uh, but uh they are more competitive uh in school they are more they're competitive uh, with each other in school. So that's good. So there's a sense of competition. But then again, uh, when they have to go out there, I, my son worked very hard uh, as an intern this summer. That's why they hired him, because he interned there. But he said it's a lot, a lot of work. And yes, a lot of kids don't want to do that kind of work. Uh, they would rather uh do something and get paid less, but it doesn't mean they're less happy. And we have to understand that it's all where what your take of your future and how you what you want your life to be. You now, some people want to have that house and that car and the family, and they're in bliss. Some people want more than that. Um, my daughter, my older daughter, who's dating, uh, some of these guys, their expectations are really uh, crazy. I mean, they want each person to make 250 a year, and they want to have homes everywhere. They want to travel. They want to whatever it is. So that's another set, but she's from a different generation. And the younger generation, now we're talking about the 15-year-olds. That's a whole different generation because they're not as invested learning number they're fortunate that they get A's but they're not as invested it's not as important because the pandemic is over so they can socialize more now they can get out there more now um, and so that balance and that's also a pull with children you know do we socialize do we become popular to become good students and you're pulled you know commercially you're pulled then you go to school you're pulled in a, a different direction So the pandemic helped to become better students. And now developmentally, my younger set is progressing because the pandemic is over and they don't have to do it through through virtual. They can go to school and um, they can be aware of girls and then they can go out in groups and they're doing things now that the other generation because the pandemic did not do. So, Will they be as good as students? I don't know about that.
0: You can't be everywhere. But that's part of life, too.
1: It's a dilemma. Right.
0: I mean, I think there's, yeah. you know, with so many kids going to college, um, there's a tremendous amount of pressure in school to, you know, you've got to have a certain Um, GPA and in order to be able to get into schools and it's I mean it's like a it's very difficult I'm hoping that 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 eases up I really am because I know for both of my kids that was you know it it was too much competition my daughter by the time she graduated yeah she was um she was in the fifth of her class she fifth of the top of the class she was never had less than an A and when she finished her four years of college she was burnt out because she had put so much into, um, you know, her her uh, grade school, um, you know, grades, and um, it took her a couple of years before she decided to go back and, you know, go for her master's when she was already kind of settled. But it was so much; it was, you know,
1: it, it, it just is. was. It is. What is what is her yeah.
0: master's in? Her master's is is in data science.
1: Wow. So that's she, see, so that's very relevant to today. That's
0: science she didn't, this is, right? It, yeah. She didn't learn that if there it was not um a, uh, a career. It was not a anything when she went to school. There was no such thing as data science mm-hmm. science. But um both her and her husband are data scientists. So um talk wow, about that, finding your match. That's
1: wild. That's great. She found the right guy for herself. But uh, that's, yeah, that's that's I love that. That's a great story. Uh, yeah, but it's true, you know. Um, s- uh, school and the pressure it puts on you, and the preparation you have to make for it, is really uh, so exaggerated. You're right. I hope that they have less of that pressure uh, to deal with. And then again, it depends uh, what uh, your background is and where you live. I know my neighbors, they had all these tutors, uh, and they had one of them, believe it or not, spent $10,000 to prepare his child to get into a good college.
0: Oh, my gosh. Or uh, with
1: a mentor. Yeah, that dealt with admissions uh, with these Ivy League schools. So, yeah, it, it just upsets me not to think about the disadvantage or the advantage people have over each other uh, having to do with money, depending on what school uh, your child goes to, and that is something that is legit. Uh, that shouldn't be either. I think we should all have the same opportunities uh, to get into colleges, having nothing mm-hmm. to do with money, having nothing to do with you know different preparations for it. So. Uh, that's uh, very uh, important. But what you said about your daughter is interesting because she picked what she wanted and she picked something that wasn't mainstream and she did her own thing. And that's so important for kids. As you mentioned and you asked me before, you know, what should they pick and they should be true to themselves and going in a direction, and she even married somebody similar to her. So she was, that's wild. Mm -hmm,
0: I know. And And how many people
1: are in that area anyway?
0: Well, they both got the masters. They both both started, they're out of college. They both got jobs at Ernst & Young, and they were doing statistic work, and they met there. So they were already two peas in a pod, and they, um, and they, um, after they were married for a few years, they both went and got their master's in data science. So, <laughs> you know, cool. for, what they do for fun is they sit there and they crunch numbers. <laughs> so oh, that, I, lo- what is, I love that. That is so, <laughs> that's amazing. Are they going to have kids that do that too? I think their kids are going to be very, very smart, yes. Now, my son was uh-huh. a completely different s- situation because he could ca- could have cared less about school. Being smart did not faze him at all. But when he got to college, he had a great time. He focused, and now he's a doctor. So, <laughs> I mean, that of course, was unsubstable. There, there you go.
1: But right. he, so it sounds like your kids choose the professions they want.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You let them, they, so that's, that's so important.
0: They both like money, though. They both do. They want to live nice lives. I mean, we, you know. They were used to that. It so, depends what um, the
1: sacrifices, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. So um, in your chapter, um, Age Reborn, 60 Things You Learned After 60, you talk about happiness being U-shaped over our lifespans. What do you mean by that?
1: Happiness being what? I'm sorry, did you say that? Say that again because I forgot to
0: I wrote. Oh, U-shaped. The letter U, U-shaped. Oh, yes. Over,
1: Yes, but in the 40s, you know, there's a certain time uh, that it's difficult. And then when you hit uh, your late 40s, you you get to the peak. And it doesn't mean that as you get older, it gets worse. So we're talking about U-shape into your 70s. uh, Believe it or not, 70s could be the best time of your life. And as you get older and maybe with frailty um, and it interferes with your thought process, that's when it does decline. But people should know that it just does keep getting better. Uh, in your teens, uh, that's the bottom with uh, you are developing and learning. Uh, that's a rough spot. Uh, once you get into the 20s, better. The 30s, it gets better. The 40s. And it keeps going till that youth curve, you know, as it, it, it goes down, uh, but not until um, you're into your 70s, uh, your 80s, um, and if you live long enough into your 90s. So we, people should not expect a decline uh, as they get older because often, especially women, uh, fear getting older. And that fear itself uh, prevents them from enjoying who they are. And then, of course, when you look back, you see that you weren't that old because you're older than you were then, so <laughs> everything is
0: relative right so it doesn't
1: and so if you're
0: not that age yet, it seems old, and if you were, it doesn't seem that old I mean, my life for me really began in my fifties that's when I really you know figured out who I was, what I wanted to do, I felt secure with myself um that was the best time of my life, you know, and I'm in my sixties now, almost mid and um, I, I feel young. I feel younger than ever because I'm busy. I'm doing what I love to do. Um, my mind is occupied and, and then I have, I also can make my own time, you know, to take off. So it, it really has worked out well. Um, well, you sound very young actually. And <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed
1: it. And even by your questions, because you're inquisitive, uh, you are, you know, you're open. That's very important uh, to having that kind of uh, energy. Uh, that's very important. I keep interrupting you. Were you going to say something just now? No, no, no,
0: no, no. We'll oh, kind okay. of back and
1: forth. So, yeah, so, so we're talking about age, you know, and, and I've been very pleasantly surprised uh, as I got older uh, because I was very much into my looks, and to being youthful um, and to being somebody who can make a difference and uh, being vital. And it's really, I've discovered that um, being vital can be at any age. Uh, you can have passion at any age, and you can be 30 and be a deadbeat or have a passion when you're older. And uh, also being productive is very important. To make some kind of difference. That's why they say men, uh, shouldn't retire because they live longer if they don't retire. Cause, so being productive, making a difference, having uh, a sense of uh, being uh, worthwhile, all that is important. What you're doing, having your own show is important. I, I, and you know, it's inborn in you. You're still the same person, uh, no matter what age you are. So that continues. And I think you're wiser. I know you're wiser uh, as you get older, too. So, yeah, I think it's a real bonus uh, today, anyway. I mean, when my mother was 40 uh, and she was pregnant, she miscarried on purpose because at that time that was old, and she was embarrassed. You see how things have changed? That's sad. Yeah, yeah. Age has been, as I was quoted in Newsweek, as saying age ageism needs to be redefined because it's true it's how society looks at age but if women would stop lying about their age we could really see uh what age is supposed to be because we don't know we're we're not um our perspective of what it is supposed to be as opposed to what it really is is really off it's not uh in reality Mm-hmm. Change so you. Much, so drastically, so drastically. Even a woman in her 60s or even 70s uh, are are very vital. A lot of actresses: Meryl Streep, uh, Goldie Hawn. I mean, they're out there. Yes, it's true. And and
0: Hollywood is 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 getting a little more. Um, well, actually, I mean, they they really do focus on their young stars, but there are some amazing older stars. Um, so in the last five minutes or so that we have, is there something that you – I didn't bring up because there's so many things we can talk about on, um, in this topic. But is there something else that you wanted to share? Well, you know, uh, first of
1: all, uh, women should not feel guilty if they're working outside the home because inside the home it's even harder. It's not that you're not working. Uh, but uh, they have more confident children. Because they have, the children have a role model of what a woman is, and the the child, the the male child often marries a woman also who has a career, uh, because that's what he saw as his mother. And girls identify with that too. So that's important to know, not to feel guilty uh, that you're doing something like this. And uh, the most guilty women are the ones that have to work, and yet women who are not home because they have nannies, Uh, they don't feel guilty so women shouldn't feel that they're doing something wrong if they can't be home or if they're doing something that's not negatively affecting uh, the the children at home so that's something women have always had this dilemma because men if they want to move if they have a career change uh, it's fine. Women, if they were housewives and had a career, they were thought of as selfish or a family. While well, men were thought of as family men. So the double standards are still around. But you have to be able to know that whatever you decide on, even if it's not going to be accepted, 10 years from now it may be accepted, like in my case, uh, because it's reversed now. Who wants to know? But the real answer is who really cares? uh it's not about um it's not about anybody else's uh statistics, but who really cares uh who really cares and as far as age is concerned, you know society has to catch up with all this stuff uh, how they represent women today uh and who they are uh, women are surprised at Christy Brinkley, but there are lots of women like her there are a lot of women you just don't know how old they are so forget about age, think about who you are what you want. Do you want children? Um, Do you want a career? Uh, Do you want to have uh, somebody who's going to be supportive of your needs? You know, men are often threatened by women who have careers or women who make more money. Uh, And women uh, also keep away from other women uh, that do that. And yet, these women are the least manipulative. The most manipulative women, manipulative, are those that don't work because they're the most competitive. They feel the most threatened. So just to let you know, all the decisions you make with family, uh, with yourself, uh, with your friendship, there's no formula. As you said, it all comes within you and reading your kids and reading what it is is right for your profession and so on. And I guess that's my message.
0: Oh, and and that's a very strong message. Thank you. Uh, I'm so glad Mm -hmm. we had a chance to talk today and I'm so glad that I got a chance to read your book. So your book is life begins at 60. And um, I I agree with you. I mean, I'm not going to have children at this age, but I do agree. I think my sixties have been the best part of my life. So um, you then know, I'm, are I'm excited. excited. Exactly
1: what I said. Exactly. It's almost like 60s it Was a, such an exciting time. I was so invigorated. I was on such a high. And that's what you're feeling now. Women should expect that. They should look forward to it. It's the
0: best of times. It really is. Really is, and I have longevity really in my family, so so I know I've got plenty of time. <laughs> unless a bus, you, have you know, has, to enjoy. I, I do, I do. I'm in, I'm in no hurry to get anything done. So, um, well, Frida, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so yes, much. And,
1: my pleasure and, too. I enjoyed it. Thank Thanks a lot. You're
0: welcome. Thank you for yes. being such a trailblazer for women. It's um, it's well, yeah. It's, you got to listen
1: to yourself. you got to do what's right for you. Even Gloria Steinem said she wished she had children. Uh, there's, you know, all over the place, people are re-identifying. And as I spoke to, at that time, Betty Friedan and those people, and she says, oh, you're going to be talking to thousands of millions of women. I said, what are you talking about? I'm just doing what I want to do for myself. And when you do that, that's when you do set a path for other women by listening to who you are. What do they say? Women who make changes change history. Make changes for yourself, and then you can represent. I just have one quick thing to say. When I had my twins, um, I told the doctor I do not want to be in the media. He said, listen, who cares about you? Care about making a difference to the women in the world. Think about it that way. And when I heard that, I said, okay, who cares about telling my age? I'll just do it. So that was fun. I enjoyed talking to you as well, and my best to you in your future and enjoy your safety. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. Take care. Well, my pleasure. Have a wonderful day.
1: Oh, by the way, my website is dr. Frida, drfrieda.com, dr f r dot
0: com. Just in case anyone. Oh, thank you. Here. I usually ask that, but we got too caught up in conversation. I know because I'm talking okay. so much. I won't let you talk. That's the problem. No, that's I try okay. to say so- goodbye, and I just don't stop talking. That's okay. I'm used to that. Um, my husband's family, they, they, they go on the goodbye tour. They never can say goodbye. Um, so I'm used That's to that. What, um, say, say your website again.
1: Yes. So it's Dr. Frida,
0: F-R-I-E-D-A uh,
1: uh, dot com. That's it.
0: Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. It's great talking well, to you. Be well. My best to you. Be well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.